Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Love to see all of your beautiful faces each and every week, and I'm always excited to share in this beautiful moment of centering prayer with each and every one of you. So this week, I found myself, it's been a while, I feel like, since I've experienced a lot of anxiety. This week, my anxious feelings started arising within me. And I, what I do now when that happens, I question it. I'm like, okay, why are you here? Welcome, what are you doing here? You know, um, so, as I began to think about why this anxiety was there, it was for my need of control. I saw that my schedule was kind of getting a little hectic. All of these thoughts in my brain were just overwhelming. And I couldn't, I felt as if I couldn't control my schedule because it was just so overwhelming, like I said. And I just began thinking, about our need for stillness and our need to let go of things when they don't serve us. Or even to let go of the need that you need to let go. Sometimes we can't let go of things. Sometimes we need to feel certain things, certain emotions. Sometimes we need to just allow them to be. So today I want us to let go of what doesn't serve us, but also let go of what we can't let go of and accepting that. Because a lot of times we hold on to things We think that we need to let go of something, but sometimes we're not even ready to let go. So just accepting that and being who you are already as you are. So let's all get into a comfortable position. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and begin by taking a few deep breaths. I wanna ask you to begin by being in a moment of gratitude. What is it that you can be grateful for in this moment? And now I wanna ask you to invite peace into this moment. Allow yourself to be still in this moment.
this moment surrender and let go of all that doesn't serve you. Let go of the fear. Let go of the anxiety. Let go of the depression. And be here right now. Honor yourself in this moment. If thoughts arise, allow them to just float on by. Just observe them, do not attach, do not judge. Allow yourself to be. No matter what emotions arise, have faith that God is always with you, always steering the way of your journey. You are not alone. When we let go, we make ourselves available to receive with open arms. Let's surrender, be in this present moment. Invites love and peace into your hearts over and over again.
when you own this peace, there is nothing anybody can do to take it away from you. Receive love in this moment. When we are still and silent in these moments, we can hear God's word. for love there's nothing you have to do to receive this love other than be here right now in this moment open to God's love God's embrace is with you always Take three deep breaths together. You are alive and you have breath. you're ready bring awareness back to yourself and gently open your eyes 
amen, and I love you all. I hope you can take this peace into your week with open, loving arms. That was beautiful. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. So good to see each and every one of you. If it's your first time, if you're a guest, welcome. We love you. This is a space of love, a safe space where you can be you. No matter what path of life you may find yourself on, you are welcome and accepted and embraced here as you are. We don't have a secret agenda here to try and fix you or change you. I let God do all that stuff. I'm here to encourage you, to uplift you, to remind you who you are in God. Because at the core and at the root of all of life's problems is ultimately an identity crisis. We have forgotten who we are. We have forgotten that we are one with God, that we are beloved children of God. And when you anchor yourself in that identity, everything else changes. You're not living to appease others. You're not living for the approval of others. You're not living to try and prove yourself to others. Who you are becomes enough. And out of that sense of enoughness and completeness, transformation then comes on its own. The word that we use for that is grace. It really is a gift. Grace is not opposed to effort. So there is going to be some effort involved in this journey of self-discovery and transformation. As you draw near to God, the scriptures say God draws near to you. It's a both and movement. Grace is not opposed to effort, but grace is opposed to earning. And that's an important distinction. Because if you think you're earning it all, if you think you are at the helm of your transformation, then you become self-righteous. And that's how you end up in places of worship like this with a whole lot of snobby people who think they're better than everybody else. The outside is nice and polished and it looks beautiful, but inside is dirty because they think that they are better than. And so we try to avoid those trappings here at Heartway by putting it out there that this is a community of grace a community of love, and a community of acceptance. And so all that to say, I'm happy that you're here. If you are here, God loves you a lot, okay? I'm telling you because you could be in a place that one day you would have to recover from because of all the damage that you've <laughs> been done, okay? There are a lot of actually people here at Heartway who have had experiences in other communities of faith and uh, they haven't been the best. And you, you leave off worse off than you came in. <laughs> How does that happen? We're not perfect in any way. But that's what's so beautiful about our community is that we admit that up front. So today, what I want to talk to you about is tearing down our emotional walls Okay, life inevitably is going to come with a whole lot of hardship, a whole lot of heartache and difficulty. 
You can't avoid suffering. As much as we try to avoid it, it is part and parcel of the human experience. To live is to suffer. The question is, what are you going to do with your suffering? What are you going to do with it? Okay, most of us tend to aggravate our suffering by seeking revenge, by harboring bitterness in our heart against those who have harmed us, by anchoring ourselves in in an identity of victimhood. And when you do that, even though it may feel good for a little bit, eventually you become very numb on the inside. And as a result, you start to build these really big walls around your heart to prevent yourself from experiencing any more negativity in your life because you've already gone through so much of it. You've already been hurt so much. You don't want to deal with it anymore. And so the walls come up. In the Hebrew scriptures, there's a story about the people of Israel conquering a land by the name of Jericho. And I want to read to you a little bit of this story, just just the first line in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1, which describes the situation very well. The scriptures say, Now Jericho, a fortified city with high walls, was tightly closed because of the people's fear of the sons of Israel. No one went out or came in. God had given the people of Israel a promise that one day they would have a land that they could call their own. And so here you have these people traveling, navigating, seeking out this land that they believe was flowing with milk and honey, a paradise on earth, a place that they can call home. And this place was in the way, Jericho. (laughs) And God promised that God would give them the land of Jericho. And so the people of Israel get to this city, and there are a bunch of walls around it, very well defended. How are we going to get through? And so the scriptures say that the people of Israel went around the city for seven days. And on that final day, when they knew it was the right time, when they knew it was their moment, they blew their horns, they let out this really loud shout, And the miraculous happened. The walls of Jericho came crumbling down. Now, when you read the scriptures, there are many different layers of understanding and interpretation by which you can approach the text. But when you come from a a place of spiritual understanding, everything that you read in scripture becomes a mirror for the inner life. And if you read this text as a mirror for your inner life, these walls are quite reminiscent of the walls that we tend to put up around our heart in order to protect ourselves from being hurt again. Sometimes we don't know what else to do in response to life's hardships other than just put up our guard, fortify our walls, and isolate ourselves because we rather be alone and overly cautious than ever put ourselves in a position where we might be vulnerable again, where we might get taken advantage of again, where our trust may be betrayed once again. And so we put up these walls 
No one comes in and nothing comes out. And our reasons for doing this are totally understandable. Maybe you have been betrayed. Maybe you have been abandoned. Maybe you have been cheated on. Maybe you have been left behind and forgotten. Maybe you have lost somebody dear to your soul. And it is very, very, very hard for us to open ourselves up and trust again when somebody does us sideways. When somebody promised that they would be there for us and they ended up not being faithful to that promise. When we expected people to be closer to us than they actually were. When we feel we put in all this energy into the relationship, but it's not being reciprocated, especially in the times when we need it the most. Because, of course, when we're going through difficult moments, that's when we really realize who's there with us and for us and who really loves us and cares about us. And if those expectations have not been met, if we've experienced hardship in any one of these kinds of ways, it becomes very difficult for us to ever be vulnerable again. And the, uh, you know, then we get into self-protection mode. Self-protection mode. And the irony of all of this is that even though we spend so much of our energy trying to protect ourselves from being hurt, as we're doing that, we're still hurt. You put in all this time and energy putting these walls up around your heart, all the while still carrying this hurt and pain on the inside. And so sometimes what we do in order to protect ourselves from experiencing more of the pain is we start inflicting it first, right? So. We've already set our minds that other people are going to hurt us and abandon us. And so we beat them to it before they ever get a shot. It's our way of staying in control, keeping people at a distance. Now, there are a couple of deeper meanings that I want to extract from the details of this Jericho story that I think are very significant for your healing journey. The first is this. If you were to read through Joshua chapter 6, you'll notice that there are a whole lot of sevens. Sevens. Okay, the people of Israel walked around the city of Jericho seven times. And on the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times before the big moment happened. Well, in Hebrew symbology, the number seven represents completeness or wholeness. Put that on the shelf for one moment. Another detail that's important is that the walls of Jericho did not come crumbling down until the people let out this really loud shout. What is the significance of shouting? Okay, when somebody shouts, they shout because they are giving expression to some sort of pent up emotion that they have been carrying on the inside. What's the principle here for our inner life? There is no such thing as wholeness without emotional release. Some of us have no idea how much damage we have done to our psyche as a result of repressing our traumas. 
suppressing our emotions. If you want the walls to come down, I know you're the one that put them up for a reason. But inside, you know, this isn't really bringing you fulfillment. This isn't really what life is all about. Something in you, the love in you wants those walls to come down. If you want the walls to come down, you have to be willing to let out what you have been holding in. That's why we pray. Absolutely. That's why we pray. That's why worship is so significant. There's this this releasing that happens. I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with what I'm about to mention to you, but very recently... I learned that there are these places all around the United States called rage rooms. (laughs) Have you heard of these places? Somebody's like, yes, 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 yes. Rage room. If you don't know what this is, basically a rage room is a place where people pay money to destroy stuff that isn't theirs. You go into a room. You put on a helmet, you put on some goggles, they give you like a bat or a hammer, and you just start going at it. Computers and microwaves and old cell phones, and and you throw stuff against the wall. Oh, man. It sounds amazing. It literally sounds amazing. I went on a website, and I I, I want to read to you the description on this website about the rage room, okay? Look at what it says. A break room, sometimes called a rage room, is a room designed specifically for destruction. It is a safe place where you can gear up and destroy items without any worry about the mess. The perfect place to release energy, de-stress, and have some fun. At Smash It Break Room, we provide you with safety gear, an assortment of tools, and a room full of items to demolish in whatever way you see fit. Whether your need for destruction is for fun, therapy, or some other reason, we know you'll leave with a smile on your face. Genius! I just wonder where were these people when they came up with this idea and what were they smoking? Because I would try it if an idea like that would come into my system. That's amazing! You go into a room and you just break stuff. And there's obviously a need for this kind of thing. Oh, by the way, the packages, the amount of money that you got to pay. And it's like level one if you just want to break small stuff. Package number two will give you a computer. Package number three will put something else in there. And I'm like, what in the world? The people aren't the only ones leaving with smiles. The owner is definitely leaving with a smile on his face for the amount of money he's charging people. But obviously there is a need for this stuff in our society. Why? Because we have made ourselves sick as a result of stuffing things in. We have made ourselves sick as a result of stuffing things in. Part of the reason why some of us can't move past our pain is because we are incapable of admitting to ourselves just how much it actually hurts. We deny the hurt because we don't want to be hurt, but denying the hurt doesn't make it go away. You may remove the pain from your day-to-day conscious awareness, but subconsciously, the hurt that you do not deal with will dictate your life. 
and you will think life is the problem and that there's no way to fix it, leaving you absolutely disempowered and hopeless in the face of your existence. There is a better way. It doesn't have to be that way. The reality of it is, if you want to heal, you have to let yourself feel. That's it. You've done enough running away from your painful emotions. Now it is time to face them. You've done enough trying to escape all the painful memories of your past. Now it's time to take a moment, get still, and process through your stuff. Because just trying to shove it down and pretend like it didn't happen isn't going to do anything for you other than just cause you to now interpret everything that happens to you through the filter and prism of your hurt and pain and wounding. And at that point, you won't be seeing reality clearly. You will be projecting your fear onto reality and thinking that that is what it is. When it is really just your imagination, <laughs> your undealt with emotions, your unprocessed pain showing itself up in many different ways. You'll go through the same experiences. You'll go through the same situations over and over and over again, thinking that there's no solution, thinking that the solution is they need to change. The solution needs to be a time machine to take me back because that should have never happened. And because that happened now, that has marked my life forever and there's no escaping it. That's called disempowerment. And you have so much more power in you than you have ever imagined. It is a power given to you by God. It is the spirit of the living God inside of you. The power to co-create your life into what you have always envisioned for it to be, a life of beauty, a life of goodness. That doesn't mean there is no hardship or pain. It just means you've learned how to integrate all of that into your story and you live with this adamant faith that all things are always working together for the good. Always, always, no matter what. That is what is real. Everything else is just my fear talking. And that fear, if it doesn't get dealt with, that fear, if it is not faced, will dictate your life. And you'll call it fate and think you can't do anything about it. Disassociating and detaching yourself from the pain only prolongs it. It only intensifies it. You can try and run away. You can even deny it and act like you're okay. But your reactions will show that you're not. And so you can either direct the energy of all of the hurt and pain towards hurting those who hurt you, which we think is going to make us feel better, but it never does. It's like we learn this as middle schoolers. If you're, if you're in a relationship, everything is good. You love this person. Something happens. Now, all of a sudden, from one day to the next, the person you love is the person you hate. Love affairs turn into hate affairs like this. It's just attachment. We think it's love. It's just unhealthy attachment. And so when that happens, when somebody hurts us and the love affair turns into a hate affair, 
Oh, forget it. How do we make ourselves feel better? I just got to trash this person. They become enemy number one. Even if I don't really feel like that about these people, how am I going to get over it? Right? I just got to trash them, talk bad about them, bad mouth them in front of everybody else. And then that's going to give me the energy to feel good about myself so that I can move forward from all of this. Oh, my gosh. You think that's going to make you feel better, but it really doesn't it, it, it deep down inside again you put up the facade that is fine deep down inside that hurt is going to be bubbling up there and, and and it will show itself in every other relationship that you enter into so you can either direct the energy of all that pain towards hurting those who hurt you thinking it'll make you feel better or you can direct the energy of that pain towards healing the hurt that is inside of you with God's help the latter is possible but it's going to take a willingness on your end to let the love of God in look at what it says in the book of Ezekiel this is your message from God I will give you a new heart I will put a new spirit within you this is what is available to each and every one of us. Newness of life. Newness of life. Transformation from the inside out. But you've got to let love in. You've got to let love in. And some of us can't do that because we don't even love ourselves. And because we don't love ourselves... We can't receive love from God. We can't receive love from others. And yet love is the only thing that is going to set you free from the prison you have been sitting in for years and years and years. Only love can do it. And so as hard as it is to bring your guard down, it's the only way to let love in. By letting yourself be seen, allowing yourself to be vulnerable again. Even if you can't do it with another human soul, do it with God in, in your quiet place. Even that is just a beautiful first step that can help you get started on the journey. When you give yourself in vulnerability, you will feel the love of God that much more powerfully. And in your weakness, you will discover a whole new kind of strength. Jesus said, all it takes is a mustard seed of faith. If you just have a little bit of willingness, a little bit of trust, just a little bit of openness, a little bit of surrender, that will be enough for you to begin experiencing the healing power of God's spirit at the deepest core of your being. And it will totally transform your life. God wants to heal you. The question is, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? If you want to be healed, guess what? It's going to involve you getting in touch with what you feel. Very difficult for some of the men in this room. Getting in touch with your emotions. Becoming friendly with your emotions. Welcoming the emotions instead of pretending that they are not there. And as you sit in stillness and you begin to look within yourself and you allow what is in your subconscious to rise up to your conscious awareness, you allow everything. You accept everything without judging yourself for it, without trying to change the anger. You allow it. You accept it. 
And then here's the big part. You take responsibility for how you are showing up in the world. Once you start taking responsibility for how you are showing up in the world, that's when things will begin to change. Because up to now, you feel the way you feel because that happened. You feel the way you feel because they did that to you. That brings no closure or solutions to your problems ever. If you've got to sit there for a little while, sit there and do that. But you've got to go from blaming other people for your state of mind to taking responsibility for the way you are showing up in the world. That's how you can begin this process of renewing the mind, rewiring your mental patterns so that you can live a new kind of life, a different kind of life. A couple of things I want to say about healing as we wrap up. Number one is this. Healing happens in stages, and everybody's process is different. This is really key for you to understand. That way you don't compare yourself to anybody else. There's no use in comparing yourself to anybody else because we are all on our own individual journey. And to make things more complicated, the journey of healing and self-transformation is not linear. What that means is it's not going to be a straight shot up. It's like the stock market. It's going to go up one day and it's going to go down another day. And then it's going to go up the next day and then it's going to go down another day. That's how it's going to go. So you have to be very gentle. You have to be very patient with yourself because every layer of pain that you uncover is going to bring with it its own set of difficulties and challenges that you must be prepared for. So what is most important is that you make a commitment to always keep moving forward, no matter what. Just always keep moving forward and always face that which you fear. If you can make a commitment to no matter what it is, always keep moving forward and always face that which you fear, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. I love this quote from a man by the name of Joseph Campbell. He was a professor of comparative mythology and religion, and his work has deeply influenced me. Talking about the inner life, he said, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. You understand that at a deeper level? The cave you fear to enter, that place you don't want to go, that memory you don't want to touch, that trauma you don't want to deal with, holds the treasure that you seek. Jesus called it the pearl of great price, the kingdom of heaven within you. But you've got to move through all the rubble of the walls that come crumbling down. <laughs> and it's a lot of rubble. But when you move through that rubble, you're going to find a treasure there. But you've got to have the courage to keep moving forward, to keep digging, and to always face that which you fear. Second thing about healing, healing doesn't have to be a solo project. I know some of us, we think I can handle it. I got it. I've done it by myself my whole life, and this is just how it's going to be, and that's one way to do it fine. You can do it like that. But healing doesn't have to be a solo project. There's this very obscure reference in two gospel accounts 
of a man by the name of Simon who was asked by the soldiers who were taking Jesus to his place of execution to carry his cross for him. So they had just beaten the man and ripped his beard and put a crown of thorns on his head. And this, you know, Jesus was, was utterly exhausted. And in seeing this, as they were all walking to Golgotha, mocking this man, they asked Simon. Who the heck is Simon? I don't know. We don't know. We don't hear of him any other place in Scripture. Random dude, Simon, gets asked to carry Jesus' cross for him. What a beautiful reminder that we don't have to carry the crosses of our life alone. There is help that is available for you. And there is no shame in asking for it at all, ever. There's no shame in asking for it. There's been this stigma in generations past about mental health and therapy. You know, for some reason, some human decided to spread this rumor that that was only for people who really have problems. As if you don't got all those same problems. Okay, those are for the people who just, you know, they're weak or whatever. It's funny, like, seeing on the news, I haven't, like, looked too much into it, but on Instagram, I guess, very popular Olympic athlete checked out of the Olympics for her mental health, and you've got some people that are like, wow, that's awesome, that's good. Other people are like, what the heck is this? This is horrible. How can this girl do that? Everybody has their reasons for their opinions. I don't want to get lost in the weeds, but that reaction comes from Many, many years of, hey, don't worry about all that mental health stuff. You know, overlook all that stuff. Keep going even if you feel like you can't. And it's like, well, no, sometimes you got to stop and do some work and heal up a little bit before you can keep giving yourself to the world. There's no shame. There's no shame. So whether it's a therapist whether it's a friend, whether it's a spiritual mentor in your life, there are some places you may not be able to go to within yourself unless you bring somebody else with you. It's just that scary to revisit that stuff. And unless you have someone's hand, you won't go. Be honest with yourself about that and reach out. That's why we're here. You don't have money for therapy? Call me. I'm not a therapist, but you know what? I will listen very well. I will ask you good questions to help you explore your inner life. I'll pray for you, and I'll share whatever wisdom I can to try and help you. And we're at a size where I'm available, more than available for you if you hit me up. And it's not just me. We have many others here, many others of our leaders who will be willing to help. But don't think you have to do it alone. Last but not least is this. If you truly want to heal, you have to find the courage not just to explore your painful emotions, but to investigate the stories you're believing that are perpetuating them. This is huge, and this is what brings balance to everything else that I've said today. Something you will learn on the healing journey is that nobody else causes you to feel the way that you feel. That's actually an impossibility. 
You feel the way you feel, not because of what happened, but because of how you interpret what happened. And so as important as it is to feel all the feels, to release all of the pent up emotions, if you don't question your perception, if you don't change the way you look at things, those emotions will simply continue to resurface over and over and over again because you cannot fully heal from your painful emotions until you investigate the beliefs that are perpetuating them. And so if you feel a sense of dis-ease, that is your sign. That is your siren going off. That somewhere, somehow, You've lost track of reality. You're believing something that is not true. You're lost in an illusion of your mind. And it's time to reorient and realign yourself so that you can have a sense of clarity and so that wisdom can begin to arise within you. So we have to investigate our beliefs. Mind is cause. Life is effect. Thought is cause. Emotion is effect. So I welcome all the emotions. If I'm suffering, good. Why? Because if there's bitterness in my heart, if there's anger in my heart, if there's frustration in my heart, if there's anxiety, if there's sadness, then that means I'm believing something that's not true and I know what I need to do. I need to go inside. I need to ask God to help me see things through his lens. And how do we go about doing this? Practically, you ask yourself some really good questions. And I love using Philippians chapter 4 as a paradigm and as a model for this. Look at what this scripture says. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is good, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, think about these things, okay? So how do I put my beliefs to the test? Ask yourself the question, is this true? And really sit in that. Watch your mind. Isolate the story, isolate the judgment, write it down, whatever it is, isolate it, get it on paper, look at it, whatever you're believing, whatever story you're telling yourself about another person and how they harmed you, and ask yourself, is this true, what I am believing about them, or is this just an assumption that I'm making? Ask yourself the next question, is this good? Meaning, does this produce good responses, good emotions? Does this belief, does this story allow me to see the good in others? Is it right? Meaning, is it aligned with reality? Or am I believing a story about what I think reality should be? No, they should do this. It should be like that. No, no, no. Is it real? Because if it's not real, it's not true. Is it pure? I like to think of that as, is my viewpoint impartial? Or is it heavily biased on one side or another? Is it 
lovely? Is what I'm believing, is what I am thinking lovely? Does it produce love? If your beliefs, if your story, if your narrative does not pass that test, you are believing a lie. And your emotions will let you know that. This takes a lot of work and a lot of courage to sit down and put your beliefs through the fire of truth. But that is what will set you free. And as you evolve in love, you will come to learn how to reframe and recontextualize your painful experiences of the past from a higher vantage point. And you will change how you remember. You will change how you remember. Because now you will be able to see things that you weren't able to see when you were locked into a particular paradigm of interpreting the world that arises from the hurt and the pain you have not dealt with. That's how you begin to heal your emotions. That's how you begin to heal your memories. And that's how the walls that you have built will start to come down. Now, guess what? That's going to leave you open. That's going to leave you vulnerable. Yes, they may hurt you again. Yes, you may experience betrayal. Yes, everything that you have feared may come to pass. But you are willing to experience it. Because when your heart is rooted in love, you are able to absorb and withstand it all. And you see that it is worth it. It is worth it for me to live open and to remain in a state of love than to close down and shut down and become the very thing that I hate and now start passing along the same hurt that was done to me. I rather live open and free than closed and imprisoned. It's a risk. Absolutely is a risk. But it is the risk that is worth taking. It is what life is all about. Let me pray for you. God, we come to you today with so, so much pain, so much hurt, so much stuff that we just haven't dealt with. We haven't had the courage, the energy, the ability, or even the know-how to begin this journey of self-discovery and in inquiry and exploration. Today we ask for help. Help us. Send helpers into our life. May we begin by just giving ourselves in honesty and vulnerability, giving expression to what it is that we feel. And as we do that, God, we also ask for the courage to investigate the beliefs and the stories that we've been telling ourselves over and over and over again that are keeping us stuck. Yes, we may have been hurt in the past, but... It's only we ourselves who continue to hurt ourselves now. And so we ask that you would show us the way. Thank you for your healing presence and your healing power. Today, we choose to let love in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you for being with us. We love you so much. Have a great rest of the week. We'll catch you next Sunday, 11 a.m. Bring a friend.